Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, we're going to be doing a brief conversation about a mini camp and what Kirk Cousins had to say about his contract. Then, Vikings wire writer Kevin Fielder joins me, and we're going to do a 7-on-7 rookie draft, trying to project who's going to have the best seasons as a rookie in a seven on seven style format. We'll explain what all that entails in a little bit. Welcome to the real Forno show. Welcome to the real Forno show. Managing editor of the USA today's Vikings wire betting and college football analysis for the fantasy points website, publisher of Substack run and shooter host of the good, the bad, and the hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Skull. You are looking live. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. I am your host, Tyler Fornos. Moving down to the bottom right corner is producer Dave and that wonderful glass of bourbon. And to my left, you may remember him from the giggliest episode we've ever had here on the real porno show his name is kevin fielder uh, kevin dave how are you doing gentlemen i'm doing, doing good doing good good to have you on kevin i i didn't realize it's already what wednesday and i was a little shocked when i looked at the calendar today i went holy crap it's wednesday already but other than that i'm doing great yeah th- things are looking up and we are officially in the minnesota vikings abyss as training, or sorry, mini camp finished up this afternoon, and they will not be back on the field until training camp starts. I don't believe the official date has been announced. I can look that up here right now. But with all that being said, we are looking at 
kind of a dull period. Yeah, the training camp has not been announced yet. Expect that in the coming days. But one nugget came out, and that was when Kirk Cousins took the podium and talking about a contract extension. And I thought this was a very interesting nugget. Uh, our own Judd Zulget of Vikings Wire, also of Score North and Purple Daily, asked the question about his contract and if they would have um, more discussions. And this was his quote. I think we'll probably talk about the contract next March. And until then, just focus on this season and the job to do right now. Kevin, Dave, when you guys hear that, that kind of sounds like it's not going to happen. And he's going to play his fourth season as a lame duck quarterback. I almost disagree. I, I think it feels more like they seem to be fairly set onto where his contract negotiations are. And there's no point in discussing it during the off season. And we can circle back at the end of the off season or at the end of the season and see if anything changes. But for the most part, I mean, if you're not going to discuss something like that and it, the, the context of the quote itself seems like it's, you know what, we're in a similar situation. We're not going to rush this. Then I, I think personally, it's more of a, they're not focused too much on the contract as of now they're going to focus on the season. And then at the end of the season, they'll figure out some kind of extension. I mean, I don't think the extension is going to be anything big anyways. Another year or two added on to serve as a bridge quarterback for this quote unquote competitive rebuild is good enough. Mm-hmm. But at, at the same time, it also means he's going to be, play his fourth season on the final year of a contract. Like that, that part is unchanged. And I, I, he's thrived before in those situations. Obviously, his final three years in Washington were on the final year of his deal with the latter two coming on the franchise tag. But he hasn't done so as a Viking. And now that he's at the age of 34, will be 35 this season, I find it interesting that now is the time that it, it's happening and that both sides haven't been able to come to an agreement. That is the interesting part. Uh, you know, him playing another year on the final deal of a contract is – going to have to be something to figure out. And whether that's Vikings front office and Vikings brass keeping themselves open to another possibility, if he gets hurt, if he struggles during the season, like if any of those things happen, then you give yourself a natural out of, hey, we're just not going to resign you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for the four or five years with us. And you know what? We'll, we'll let you go and we'll, we'll figure out what our next step is. But mm-hmm. I also think that like to an extent, that's probably better for both sides because if the Vikings are bad this year, if by some grace of God situation, they finish with three or four wins, Kirk Cousins isn't your starter in 2024. And there's no point in giving him an extension if he's going to sit on the bench when he can go get starter money from someone. And so I feel like it's sort of a situation where for both sides, him serving as this quarterback who's constantly playing on one-year contracts. And Kirk, uh, I, I think you, you said what the lame duck sort of situation is good for him as much as it is for the Vikings because it gives the Vikings a natural out if something happens. And for Kirk Cousins, it allows him to say, you know what, this is over. I'm going to go find somewhere else to play out the rest of my career because he's still a starting quarterback in this league. Whether it's with the Vikings or not, he's going to be a starter somewhere next year. And so it really depends on sort of what the Vikings feel like their next path is is it going to be a rookie quarterback next year is it going to be a bridge quarterback and then they can figure out where Kirk Cousins falls into that at the end of the offseason yeah I think the whole 
construct of that contract discussion is very interesting. And I don't think it's the case, but I do wonder if this also makes a trade more likely. Um, that's that's just me kind of probably reading a little too much think, into the team leaves. I think at 34 years old, Kirk Cousins is past the trade market. Unless it's letting Kirk Cousins... But unless it's Kirk that, Cousins letting... That's the discussion. It's San Francisco. But so, so here's my thing with San Francisco. Whatever trade the Vikings do with Kirk Cousins, if there's a trade with Kirk Cousins, it's going to be based on what Kirk Cousins wants. Kirk Cousins is going to get to de facto choose his next destination because he's earned that respect from the Vikings. He's done enough for the Vikings where he can go into the front office and go, I want to choose my next location if you're going to trade me. And does he want to go to San Francisco? If he wants to go to San Francisco, then we could talk about Trey Lance. Or we could talk about whatever the the trade package is there. Personally, I don't think they're going to make a trade. I think that they're set with this quarterback room of Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, and whoever else is there now. But if that's the situation, then we can talk about if Kirk Cousins wants to go to San Francisco at 34 years old, 35, then maybe this is a conversation we can be having about a trade. Yeah, and we're going to kind of branch into that over the course of the offseason as potential rumors come about and all of that. But Kirk Cousins is going to play on the final of his contract as of right now. And it got cemented more than ever with those comments from Cousins. But today we're going to have a little bit of fun. And we're going to kind of continue off of a lot of the NFL draft discussion that we've had over the past six months. I'm we're going to draft seven on seven. We're going to draft seven on seven teams. And something that's interesting here, Kevin, and we were talking about this the other day. Seven on seven has been probably the best and the worst thing for football because it's really it. grown. It's grown the wide receivers. It's grown the quarterbacks, but it's kind of also a hurt football as a whole. And it, I, it, that discussion is an interesting dichotomy. But seven on seven is basically you take out the pass rush and offensive line, and you it's essentially flag football, and it's it, it's fun. It's it's really glorified shell coverages. I mean, you're basically putting seven guys out there. You're running base coverages and base offensive plays and then just letting athletes be athletes. And so to that extent, I do agree with the sentiment. Uh, as someone who, covers, who has covered college football recruiting and who has covered high school, like I understand the disagreement with seven on seven and the disdain that some coaches have for it and the idea that it sort of ruined football. But also – it is the easiest way for quarterbacks and wide receivers to develop chemistry, to develop their understanding of plays. And if a coach is doing it right, seven on seven is perfect for an offense. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it is a unique discussion to be had about where it stands in football. And I think more importantly, how it's helped development for some positions, because we've seen more wide receivers who are great route runners. We've seen more cornerbacks yeah. who are really good in man coverage. Like these are things that sort of can carry over from seven on seven. And so yeah, it is certainly a discussion to be had about like how has it helped grow certain positions and how has it hurt pass rushers mm-hmm. and I, I wonder if to an extent like because I think this year we saw a lot of raw pass rushers who were just super athletic. I wonder if that's just a effect, a general effect of having so much seven on seven in terms of the off season because you're not developing pass rushing moves in seven on seven. There is no pass rush, and so. I wonder if, to an extent, that's sort of the biggest reason as to why we haven't had as many like generational edge rushers recently. Because uh, even like what last year's draft, we had Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson at the top. We all sort of agreed that neither of these guys were like generational prospects. They were just good NFL draft prospects. They were good pass rushers. And mm-hmm. Will Anderson, I think, is what the closest we've had to a uh, a 
a generational pass rusher, and I'm not even sure I'd classify him as generational. I think he was just a really good pass rusher. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun, mainly because I, it gives us an opportunity to continue to talk about some of these skill guys. And skill guys is uh, what sells. Uh, skill guys yeah, is I mean, they are the sexy positions of the NFL. And then we get to talk about the guys who cover them. So the format here is going to be seven guys on offense, seven guys on defense. We're not doing any flex spots. Offense is going to be a a quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, and a tight end. On defense, it's going to be nickel. So two linebackers, three corners, two safeties. And it's it's going to be pretty easy. Question, uh, question. Are are we picking them in any order in terms of position? Are we following, like, we have to pick quarterback first, we have to pick running back first, or is it just pick whatever you want? Snake draft. Random. Okay. Cool. So let's do it. You're my guest, Kevin. You can either have the first pick or you can have the swing at two and three. I'll take the first pick because I want to take, I'll I'll start it. I want to take B. John Robinson. I think he's the best running back. I think he was the best skill position player in this draft. Uh, You know, I think he fits really well in Atlanta with Arthur Smith. Uh, We saw what Arthur Smith did with Derrick Henry. And I don't want to get into this discussion of if, if he's the next Derrick Henry, because I think these discussions are pointless, but he is going mm-hmm. to fit really well in what Arthur Spitz wants to run. I think he's a three-down running back who can impact the game in the pass game as much as he can in the running game. In terms of a seven-on-seven running back, a running back in football, he's the best running back in the draft for a while now. And there's no surprise that he went top 10 uh, and you know climbed up the draft boards from being a fringe first-round pick to two weeks later was a what seventh overall mm-hmm. pick by the Falcons. I mean, the, the, there's no surprise. Eighth overall by the Falcons. Like, there's no surprise as to why he went so early in the draft. Well, I'm glad you took Bijan because I was not going to take him first overall. I was going to get my quarterback first overall because C.J. Stroud is perfect for seven on seven. Yeah, And I I really don't think there's a comparable quarterback in this class that's better than him in seven on seven with his ability to be meticulous, accurate, pinpoint placement. He is the ultimate seven-on-seven quarterback, and to me, it was a no-brainer. And then I'm also going to take the best cover corner in yeah. man coverage in this draft in Devin Witherspoon. I, I knew you were it, taking him. Yeah, that, that I <laughs> did debate between him and Christian Gonzalez because I love Gonzalez, but he's just a little better in zone, and I want I want to prioritize the man coverage element here because you do play so much man in Fair. these seven-on-seven drills. Uh, yeah, it's... It's Witherspoon, and whoever you're going to have at receiver is going to have a hard time dealing with his feistiness. So I'm actually going to go cornerback as well, uh, and I'm actually just going to go two corners because I think that there are two corners that stand out to me in terms of where this draft was. Mm -hmm. And I'll go with Christian Gonzalez first. Uh, Gonzalez was a monster on tape, and he was better zone than man, but I thought he was good enough in man to, to work in the NFL. I think he fits really well in what New England wants to do in terms of playing this cover heavy like man coverage heavy get in your face be physical kind of defense he's gonna fit perfectly there and it's no surprise to me that i i mean it was surprising that he dropped so far and i think you had been the one who predicted it in your last mock draft uh, and you guys all laughed at me in the group chat i just want to point that out I'm like, we were wrong one guy that falls, it feels like it's going to be Gonzalez. It, and it, it was right. still it was still genuinely surprising that he fell as far as he did because mm-hmm. when you saw like I think Emmanuel Forbes went before him, or did Emmanuel Forbes go right after him? One I don't pick. remember the exact one pick before. One before, like when Emmanuel Forbes goes ahead of you, and this is not an insult on Emmanuel Forbes because I was more impressed with this tape than most people were. But he is also built like a twig. 
he's built like a toothpick. And he's a Twix bar. Yeah, like he's built. Well, no, because Twi- Twix bars have at least a little bit more volume than he does. Uh, but like, <laughs> fair. It's it, it was shocking that he went before Christian Gonzalez, and I think that's just man coverage because Emmanuel Forbes is a really good man coverage corner, and he's a great ball hawk. And I'm sorry, you don't get nine interceptions in college by luck. That's just not luck. Yeah. I mean, so it's not shocking that he went in the first round. I, mean, I think I predicted him late first round, but him going before Christian Gonzalez was completely shocked to me. So I'll take Christian Gonzalez first, and then I'll stick on cornerback because I love Joey Porter Jr. I love Joey Porter Jr. And everything he brings, I, I think he's a perfect modern-day prototypical cornerback. And the fact that he was still sitting there in round two – was an absolute shock to me. And the fact that the Steelers were able to get him when I thought they were going to take him in the first round was even more of a shock to me. So I feel like those two are cornerback. Christian Gonzalez was my cornerback one. Joey Porter was my cornerback three. So to get out of here with my cornerback one and three is something I will absolutely take on any given day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before I make my next picks, I just, I just want to give a couple shout outs here. Thank you, everybody, for joining. I see Raymond. I see uh, Purple and Gold for Days, My Worthless Opinion, Mary in the tra- uh, chat, Patrick, Skull for Life. Thank you guys all for joining here tonight and having having some fun with us here on this Wednesday evening. Uh, this is a very different show. We're just going to have fun. We're going to try and do a few more style-wise shows like this as far as leading into training camp. And then it's going to be nitty-gritty for nine, ten months. So that's going to be fun. Everybody knows I love the nitty gritty content and that's the content I consume uh, personally, but sometimes it's good to have fun. And that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at here. We're having a good time. So I'm kind of taking a look here at where I want to go. And it's a very interesting, interesting direction that I can take. And do I want to go more defensive backs? Do I want to attack wide receiver? Uh, I think where I'm going to go first off is I'm going to continue to stack a corner, and I'm going to take Deontay Banks. Um, he was he he was third on my list. I almost took him over Porter. I I he barely missed having a better grade than Porter for me. I thought he was tremendous, um, and. Yeah, just the his ability to play man coverage and yeah. his game against Marvin Harrison Jr. was a war. And if you're able to play a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. that well with that kind of physicality and be that successful, considering the talent you're playing against, like Marvin Harrison Jr. could come out as a generational like wide receiver oh, he prospect. Is. He is. Like, He's absolutely a generational wide receiver prospect. I'll I'll, I'll and, mark the stake right now. Yeah, that's that's some really impressive stuff. And I, I loved how he, he went to war and he continued to play really good football across the board. And then he tested out of his freaking mind. Uh, like a near 4-3-40, jumped out of the gym. Just awesome stuff from the kid from Maryland. And I'm going to get him before you have a chance. And because I was going to take him. I was going to take him. <laughs> I, I prioritize versatility here. I'm taking Brian Branch. Um, I'm not, (laughs) if if I want to slide him into the slot, I can do that. If I want to play him over the top, I can do that. And the best part is like, this gives me the ability to be really multiple and (sighs) be able to run robber concepts and be able to do a lot of really fun things on the back end. Cause branch is a versatile chess piece. And 
he, now he's going to ruin your life at, in the seven on seven game. I I don't like that because he was when when I was planning for this, I did a little bit of planning at certain positions because I didn't remember all the safeties picked in this draft. Brian Branch was like, if he falls to my second sort of round of picks, I'm taking him because. I mean, he's incredible and he's versatile and he's the best safety in this class. And there was a pretty significant gap between him and the next group for me. Uh, and so I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't get him. Now, I'm going to make your life a little bit harder because if we're talking seven on seven and the way that seven on seven is played, I think there are two linebackers in this class who are one linebacker, one and linebacker two. And I'm going to yeah. take both of them. So you can't have either of them. First one is Marte Mapu from Sacramento State. He was oh, a versatile linebacker. Linebacker can play safety, so if I need him to play safety for me because you took Brian French, I'll have him play safety oh. for me. But versatile player who plays physical, and you know, I don't think he gets enough credit for the way that he played against more quality opponents in the FCS level. Like Incarnate Word, he had a really good game against Incarnate Word in the craziest not. in the craziest game we've ever seen. Uh, where each team just decided to get every single onside kick and make life just incredibly funny. But uh, he was incredible. And so for me to get him at this point and not let you have him because you wouldn't let me have Brian Branch is good enough for me. (laughs) And then I'm actually going to go back to linebacker. And my favorite linebacker in this class, he was my my linebacker one. We've talked about him a lot. Dan Henley, fast, athletic, plays like a monster, has good coverage skills for a guy who – had sort of been across the board at wide receiver and I believe at quarterback or safety before switching over to linebacker. And so I feel like he fits this mold incredibly well. And so I think to have a linebacker room at a seven on seven game of Marte Mapu and Dan Hanley is going to make life a living disaster for whoever I have to play. So as long as it doesn't make you happy, uh, I'll take it. Now I can't wait for you to take the, the person I have circled on my board next. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, you didn't even take my linebacker one, and oh, for this, damn. and I'm very intrigued to kind of see like where I end up going because now I can just wait on linebacker because you you yeah already took two of them. <laughs> um, so I'm actually gonna uh, double dip at wide receiver here, and I'm gonna take uh, two guys on the reverse end of the spectrum, uh, kind of based on what their generic skill set is. I'm taking Quentin Johnston. And Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I love those um, I, I will say, I really thought hard about not taking Smith and Jigba, but in this type of format, I feel a lot more I mean, comfortable taking him than I do in like the regular NFL draft. Yeah, he's perfect he really for seven is. On and like, I don't really have to worry about a lot of the nuances that are, will hinder him at the NFL level, just because of what is going on in seven on seven in contrast. And now I have um, basically most people's top two wide receivers off the board and on my seven on seven team and Smith and Jigba. Like one thing we talk about with a lot of these young quarterbacks, Kevin is getting that player, the wide receiver that they, that they targeted heavy in college, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. Like that's becoming a trend. And I have that here. I thought about doing that. And I looked at the available options and I'd realized it is CJ Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba and then end the list there because I'm not taking Anthony Richardson and whoever the excuse of the Florida wide receiver in this year's class was. Was it Jacob Copeland or no, uh, the equivalent? Uh, Copeland, Copeland was in this class, but 
uh, one, he's good. I will not have Copeland slander. I'm not um, taking Copeland in a seven-on-seven seven draft with every wide oh, receiver no. available. <laughs> I, I I have thought about Justin Shorter as like a tight end just because of he's just such he's, a yeah. weird athlete. But, um, yeah, he would be the, the Gators wide receiver. Yeah, that's not worth it. I'm sorry. It just ain't. So I actually get to wait on quarterback as well because you took C.J. Stroud first, so I'm just going to sit here and take him with my last pick. But I'm going to take the second-best safety in this class, Illinois Sidney Brown who was athletic, versatile, had like 10 interceptions in college, uh, ran a 4-4 something rather other. Like, again, when you talk about 7-on-7 seven seven skills and what traits work in 7-on-7, seven seven, he's a perfect fit for 7-on-7. Seven seven, and I think he's going to have a great NFL career. Uh, I think he's going to be a very versatile and great safety in the NFL. And for a class that where I started watching it, I was sort of disappointed with the way the safety room was going. I ended up liking two safeties a lot in Brian Branch and Sidney Brown. I would have liked to get both, but I'll, I'll, I'll settle for the second one of those. And then I think I have another pick as well. Yes. Um, I'm going to take a wide receiver that I love truly. And I love that he's now with arguably my favorite quarterback in the NFL. I want Zay Flowers of the Ravens. I want to take a guy who's fast, who has lightning and queen speed, who plays – at 130 miles an hour on every single play. He's going to get open. He's going to make plays. And I think he's going to be a true home run threat in the NFL. And for seven on seven, I mean, home run threats win. So I'll, I'll take the seven on seven home run threat and see and see how the rest of my wide receiver room figures out from there. Yeah, th- that's not, not a bad idea. I was actually heavily considering Zay Flowers here with my next pick just because well, you can't Zay Flowers – yeah, I know. He goes, he goes zoom, zoom, and zoom, zoom rocks. Um, I love a player that can do a little bit of zoom, zoom. Um, when I kind of take a look at the board and kind of what I have available to me, I could go wide receiver. I could go get my tight end. I could get my last corner. Um, what I think I'm going to do here is I'm going to start with Jameer Gibbs. Um, I, I do that with there, If there is another running back, that is great for seven on seven. It's Gibbs and the Alvin Kamara comps aren't necessarily a one-to-one perfect, but there's very rarely a one-to-one perfect comp. That's a pretty dang close one just because of how they, their style of play is obviously Gibbs is 15 pounds smaller and he's not quite the exact same, but if, if the shoe fits, wear it and I'll take him as my seven on seven guy. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I do just want to say real quick, since this is the perfect time for me to mention it, I've been pretty vocal about this. I completely disagree with the fact that he's now just an offensive weapon. He's not a running back. 
can we stop pretending like every running back who's versatile is now just an offensive weapon? No, they're running backs who can play as a receiving back. They're not versatile I, weapons. You're not lining them up in the slot every play. Like, let's stop pretending like they're all Christian McCaffrey or something. Continue. Well, I'll pretend <laughs> with Bijan being Christian McCaffrey. I will pretend with that, but not Bijan's the closest style. thing we have. But I still think that they're going to put Cordero Patterson in the slot over him. I mean, just because Cordell Patterson has played wide receiver before, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm I'm going to go a little bit of a different route here, and I'm going to take my last wide receiver, and I'm taking Josh Downs because when I take a look at kind of what my good wide player. receivers are, yep, yeah, you have a guy who's going to be able to snap off really quick routes underneath, and he's going to be able to get open. Plus, he was the best at contested catches in his class with a 71% contested catch rate. To me, that is a lot of fun. That is something that I can take to the bank. That is something that we can continue to grow and develop. And my three players are all different. They all bring something different to the table. And I'm building a basketball team in doing so. And it's going to be really hard to stop these that trio. I'm kind of glad you did that because I don't know if I had another running back that I liked or another wide receiver that I liked here. And I felt like I was going to have to take one so that you couldn't come out with the ones I wanted, you unfortunately, you fortunately did not come out with the ones that I probably had on my list. So I will take being able to wait again. Uh, but I'm not going to wait very long for this guy because we had talked about him earlier and we had talked about what seven on seven is with man coverage and having ball hawk cornerback. So I'm just going to take Emmanuel Forbes. I mean, because he's a ball hawk cornerback who put up numbers, who drew first round hype for a reason. And so I'm not shocked he went in the first round. I know other people are. I'm not shocked he went in the first round. I'm also not shocked he went late teens either. I thought he was probably going to fall in that late teens to sort of mid-20 part, and he fell right in that hole. And so I'm not shocked he went there. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to fit perfect in uh, in Washington, and I'm actually going to stick in Washington because uh, I'm trying to remember this guy's name, and I, I'm so bad at names. Uh, who's the Illinois safety they took? In the second round. Uh, Jartavius Martin. Martin, yes. I, I thought Bryant for some reason. Jartavius Martin is, again, one of my favorite players in this class. I love safeties who play play the way Martin does, who play the way Brown does, who play the way Branch does. And for me to be able to be in a situation where I can take the top two safeties from a college. I mean, because Illinois was arguably the best defense in college football last year. And they allowed, I think, like four points a game. It felt mm-hmm. like so for me to get the two best safeties from Illinois on my team, I'll take that, and we'll <clears throat> we'll figure out the rest of the positions later. But for me to have a secondary with Jatavius Martin, Sidney Brown, and the three corners backs I have, good luck throwing against me. You're you're going to need all those wide receivers you have because you're not going to get open often. Yeah, but are you going to want to put Jatavius uh, Martin in the slot? I won't have to. I have three good cornerbacks who could do that for me. None I mean, I have a manual for Okay, but if this is seven on seven, they can all play the slot in seven on seven. And if not, I'll move Sidney Brown to the slot. Like, I'm good enough with the versatility, or I'll move Marte Mapu to the slot. I've just got enough versatility on my defense to have enough fun with it. Three outside corners is only two outside corner slots. Ballsy move, but let's 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 go. It's gonna to... work. It's gonna work. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. Um, I, I'm gonna take my tight end here, and I'm gonna take Michael Mayer. I am not sold on Dalton Kincaid at all. And what Mayer can do is similar to what Quentin Johnson can do, but I think he does it better. 
he understands how to get open. He understands how to box out and he can beat like multiplicity and coverage. Like he was, there were some plays against USC where he caught passes against with four guys surrounding him. And he had drew pine throwing in the football. So it sounded like he had a world beater, a quarterback that was threading the needle. He was making these big time plays and the, the Gronk comparisons are a little unfair, but they're all, they also ring true when it comes to a play style comp and how he wins down the field. He's not this super freak athlete. He's not a lumberer either. He's a good mover. He understands how to use his body and high point the football and his physical in open, in the open field. I, I love the guy and I think he complements my receiving core really well. And that, yeah, I, I, I just don't get it with Kincaid. I don't. But, um, I think he's but, okay. My thing with Michael Mayer is I don't know if he's a seven-on-seven seven tight end. Like, I think he's going to be a really good NFL tight end. But there is certainly a difference between seven-on-seven seven and NFL tight ends. I love Mayer's ability to block. I love his ability to be – I feel like Mayer, and I don't know if you agree with this, is the jack-of-all-trades master or none tight end in this class. He does everything sort of well, but he's not yes. elite at anything. I'm not saying I didn't watch this film and go, wow, he's elite as a blocker or wow, he's elite as a a safety like I or uh, as, as a blocker like or as a receiver. Like I just thought he was good at everything. Mm-hmm. And to an extent, that's still fine in the NFL because I, yeah. I think we've caught gotten too caught up in like the well, this guy's really elite at this and that. But I still want a mm-hmm. guy who can go do everything well. And that's going to still win me games in the NFL. Yeah. Um I kind of understand the discussion about um, Michael Mayer not necessarily being a great seven-on-seven tight end. But at the end of the day, I really – I just think he complements my team so well. And he, how, he, and he really does the way that your team's built, yeah. And especially with your linebackers and safeties being small boys considering what their positions are, I think that I can get him to bully your defense. And to me, that's Ooh. a huge plus. Oh, yeah, you, you, you think you could bully, bully my defense. I don't know if you've watched Dan Hanley and Marte Moppin play. They they may be small. They don't play small. There's a difference they don't, between that. They don't play small, but at the end of the day, are they going to be able to cover somebody like Michael Mayer consistently? I have my doubts. Um, I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go a little bit in a different direction here with my second running back, and it's it's a guy. If that you take I, the guy I, I like, if you take the guy I want here, I'm gonna be bad. Gonna it's, be bad. It, he ranked as. He ranked as my running back seven in the class, but considering what seven on seven is, I really think that he's a perfect fit, and that is Oklahoma's Eric Gray. Okay, okay, we're good. We're good. I love Eric Gray. I did not take Ty J. Spears. Um, I like Spears in the passing game, but at the end of the day, I really, I, I just think Eric Gray makes the most sense, and how he wins and how, how he can do a little bit of everything, and being so low to the ground, I think will will kind of help him at times too. So when you kind of factor everything in, as my second running back, it's Eric Gray. I love that fit. I, I love Eric Gray as a player. I thought he was, in terms of those like next tier day three NFL starters at running back, he was at the top of that list for me. And so, excuse me, I love that pick. I think he's going to be perfect in the NFL. I think he's great in seven on seven, and he's going to find a role for any team in the NFL. But especially, I think he went to the Giants, right? I mean. As yep. a complimentary back to Saquon Barkley, like that's a perfect fit. Uh, and it absolutely it keeps is. Saquon it keeps Saquon Barkley healthy, which is going to be huge for them. Uh, I'm going to go with my second wide receiver, and it is a Vikings centric show. So I do feel like there is 
some argument to be had that you have to take the Vikings guy at some point. So I will happily take Jordan Addison, who is the best wide receiver in terms of route running. And he was my wide receiver one. And I mean, he gets open. I, I don't think like there's anything else to say about him besides the fact that he gets open on every single play that I've seen him in. Against any cornerback mm-hmm. you put him up against, he got open. And in seven on seven, when it's one on one, like I'm going to take the guy who gets open. And I was actually going to take him before Zay Flowers, but I thought you were going to take speed with Zay Flowers. So I sort of waited on Jordan Addison. I sh- I thought you were going to take Jordan Addison over Jackson Smith and Jake, but I will happily take Jordan Addison. I thought about it. I really did. But uh, at the end of the day, I just think in this setting, I'll take the size of Smith and Jigba uh, and kind of what he brings to the table. And his yeah, this is so minimized against Jordan Addison, who's going to have to deal with Joey Porter Jr. and Christian Gonzalez and guys who are literally bigger than him on the outside. Well, he won't have to worry about that now because they're both on my team, too. So. <laughs> yes. he will not have to worry about having to play against them because he'll play with them. Uh, now I wanted to take another wide receiver. And the problem is I look through the list of wide receivers and I go, well, I want a wide receiver who's a little bit bigger so he can jump and catch contested balls. And that list is incredibly low in this year's draft in terms of guys who I thought were equally talented mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, worth it in a seven on seven tournament because I had liked, uh, Quentin Johnson. I was probably going to take him early. I like Cedric Tillman. But I don't even think he's like perfect for that role. Tank Dell is one of my favorite wide receivers in this class, but he's the complete opposite of that in about every way because he's about five foot three. So, uh, like, there's no reason to take him as the jump ball wide receiver. Similarly, with like Marvin Mims, like these are good wide receivers. I just didn't think they were elite jump ball receivers. And then the biggest one is like Jonathan Mingo, but Jonathan Mingo is a blocker, and we ain't running the ball in seven on seven. So I'm not going to worry about getting a good guy, a guy who can block. So I'm actually going to take my quarterback here and I'm going to take, it was between two quarterbacks for me. It was between Anthony Richardson and uh, Bryce Young. I'm going to take Bryce Young because I think he's a better fit for seven on seven. Anthony Richardson with the strong arm and the elite speed and athleticism. Those things don't really carry over to seven on seven. The arm strength does the speed does not because we're not having quarterback runs. So I'm going to take Bryce Young who's an elite processor, who sees the field, I thought better than any quarterback I've seen in a while. So I'm going to take the guy who can process the field as good as anyone and you know, just give him the weapons and give him all these players to see if they can work out. And I think it will work out because when you see my tight end and my white running back too, you're gonna, I, I think we're going to sort of see how this starts to pan out. Did you give any consideration to Will Levis here? And Absolutely not. I, I completely attest to any player who drinks – coffee with mayo in there as as an avid coffee drinker anyone who does that is at the bottom of my list for any consideration frankly but he's a good fit he's a good fit for seven on seven i mean he has the arm strength and the arm talent the problem is he just doesn't read the feed field well excuse me i think he works in seven on seven but i just attest any person who does that i thought that bryce song was slightly better in what i wanted out of my quarterback for the way that this team is being built that's very fair. Um, man, I don't know who I'm going to take it. I, I've got all, four defensive spots left. And, man, there is there's there is shockingly still some good cornerbacks on the board. Um, it, was, it was a great cornerback class. That's why I think we all 
sort of decided to go early on there, but then I realized as I was looking through the list, I was like, damn, I could have waited. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I, I'm going to make uh, the, uh, my next two picks are just going to create havoc for your passing lanes. Um, I, as my third cornerback, I'm going to take Julius Brents. I like I like them. That 34 inch wingspan is just gnarly. He ran a four five flat 40. He had a 9.99 relative athletic score. This dude uh, ended up giving fits to m- one of my favorite players in this class, Quentin Johnston, and I absolutely loved him. Um, and then my safety, I'm going to kind of do uh, the same thing, and I'm going to get a hybrid player, and that is Antonio Johnson of Texas A&M. I don't really think there's a, a really good, true center fielder in this class. Like, I think Branch can play center field. I think Jartavius Martin can play center field. They're not center fielders. They're not Earl Thomas. And I think kind of with how I'm building this team, I like the versatility element where I can trust both of those guys to go down in the box. I can have Johnson end up playing a little bit of linebacker too because of his incredible size of like 6'3", 215. And that element I think is really, really appealing to me in continuing to build this team. And when I look at the safety talent, it stinks. It's not good. Um, I did, I will say, I did consider Clark Phillips the third as a safety, but I decided to kind of stay true to I, what their positions are. I think he's going to end up playing safety in the NFL long term, just because I don't think that his size is going to be able to carry over in the NFL as much as it did in college. Because what people don't always he'll consider the equivalent to a star. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be versatile in the sense that he'll play some nickel, he'll play some safety. But what people don't understand is that in the in college, you can get away with being small. If you're more talented, because talent is going to end up winning out at some point. That's why Georgia wins every goddamn national championship. That's why Alabama's always in the top four, uh, except for last year. Uh, really funny, by the way. But um, like, there's a reason why talent always wins. And so Clark Phillips is uber talented, but his size is a major concern. And so I loved him, and I, I he's certainly on my list of like maybe I'll consider him. But I just thought the size was going to be a concern. The minute you took Quentin Johnson, I was like, I can't even bother with him because. If he lines up on Quentin Johnson, he's going to be bullied to death and back. I mean, I can't, I, I can't have that as a situation. Yeah, absolutely. It's the way this is shaping up. I'm very intrigued to see who people think has the better team. And to kind of finish it off, guys, I apologize. We're kind of just having a little bit of fun here at the seven seven. If you have any questions for us, please leave it, them in the comments. Um, Dave and I will see them, and we will make sure that we get we get some answered here before we go because we only have five picks left before we end up finishing this draft. Okay. Am I up? Yes, you are up with two. Okay. I had sat here with my second tight end or with my tight end. I had thought I was going to take Dalton Kincaid and just sort of figure it out. But then I started thinking about Luke Musgrave and Luke Musgrave is a great receiver. He's a great receiver. And he's awesome at receiving. I think he's a vertical threat who can play and win in different ways. And I was intrigued by that in terms of seven on seven. But Dalton Kincaid is very similar because Dalton Kincaid, I'm not sold on as a blocker, but I am sold on as a flex tight end who's big slot. And I think I'm going to go big slot. I think I'm going to go with Dalton Kincaid because I think Dalton Kincaid is a little bit more versatile. I think he's a little bit better in terms of seven on seven. And I think I'll be able to figure it out. I uh, but I was incredibly close between them. Like 
I had sat here on my phone. I had sort of notes written up on the three tight ends because I had a Google Doc open on uh, the tight ends I had watched. And those two fit seven on seven really well. I didn't know which one I wanted to take more. I'm going to go with my gut here, which is Dalton Kincaid. I, I think that's the best fit. I, I don't know for yeah. sure, though, because it is such a it was such a weird tight end class from top to bottom. And there are even some guys later in the class that I thought were intriguing. Like Zach Koontz is the perfect seven on seven I'm just going to be big and you're going to have to stop me tight end. But I mean, I don't think that really works in seven on seven because I mean, he's a great receiver. He's not versatile as a receiver. I mean, he's just really one thing and he's really good at that one thing. And I'm up again. And I, I back to this wide receiver conundrum that I have because I want a big guy who can go out there and make the plays. And for me, the closest thing feels like Cedric Tillman because Cedric Tillman is, I mean, he's big. He's a jump ball receiver to an extent. And I was, he was someone who really decided to, or who really rose up the boards for me. And so I'm actually going to take him. I, I've talked myself into this in the last two sentences. Mm-hmm. Cedric Tillman was one of my favorite wide receivers in this class when I actually ended up watching him in Tennessee. And I thought he was slightly better than Jalen Hyatt. And so I'm going to take him. For for clarity, it was between him, Tank Dell, and uh, Marvin Mims. I loved I loved all three coming out. Tank Dell is one of my favorite wide receivers, but I think for the way that this works, I need a guy who can be big with Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers as well. So I'm going to take Cedric Pillman. He reminds me a lot of like Michael Pittman Jr. and mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be a good complement to what I have in the in the wide receiver room. Perfect. Uh, Kevin, take a second to unplug and plug in your microphone again. We're getting a little more static Ooh, from you. Of course we are. Um, as, I, as I go into my final two picks, and this is this is tough because the linebacker class is kind of booty, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just taking high upside guys. I'm going Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson, and Sanders with his size and length kind of being like an Anthony Barr clone physically. I think Trent Simpson's Bruce, a good fit for this. Yeah, uh, presents some intriguing options. And Simpson's ability to attack and pull a, tr- pull a trigger really quickly I think is good. Problem is, he's not good at deciphering. In 7-on-7, seven seven, it's going to be a, a little easier because it's all going to be coverage. He's not going to have to worry so much about play action or having to like attack a specific gap. It's playing in space, and that's what he does best. And I, I thought about Jack Campbell, but... I, I don't think Jack Campbell's nearly as athletic as his testing shows. I think he's athletic in a box. I think Jack kind Campbell like would how, get burned in seven on seven. I think he'd yeah. get burned in seven on seven. He it kind of reminds me of like Larry Allen, the the like the famous Dallas Cowboys guard. Like in they talk about offensive linemen winning in a phone booth. I think that's kind of what Jack Campbell is at linebacker. He's great if you put him in a box. Like if that dude was a Jack linebacker in the arena football league. Jack Campbell would have been an all pro every year because you're a Hall of Famer. Tremendous. But I, I just I don't see him as being that kind of athletic where he's going to be able to change the game in space. And that's why I, I think he's a great fit for what the Lions are going to ask him to do. I don't think he's a good fit here. And that's why I went with Simpson and Sanders. All right, it's time for my running back. And it was between Ty J Spears. I thought Kendra Miller. But then I remembered this guy got drafted, and I'm just going to make your your matchups a living nightmare for whoever your defensive coordinator is. 
give me the fastest guy in the draft. I just want Devin Achain, and I'll figure it out after that. I mean, he's a, he's extremely fast. He can line up in the slot sometimes. Like he's a really good receiving player with B. John Robinson already on my team. Like I don't need a guy who's going to go out there and play every single snap. And he's just going to be incredibly fast. And if he lines up against one of your linebackers, good luck. If he lines up against one of your safeties, good luck. Like we're just going to make you have to put a cornerback on him, and we'll we'll figure it out from there. And I think he fits perfectly with what the Dolphins want to do with their whole. I've never seen a, a head coach as obsessed with being uh, a track team as much as Mike McDaniel is, but it's going to fit really well in Miami. It's going to fit really well in my seven on seventeen. We we are cut from the same cloth very much so in the fact that I just like fast players. So I will take the fastest, yeah. arguably the fastest guy in the draft. All right. And that is a wrap here. I'll, I'll run through, and then there's a couple questions in the comments we'll get to before I have to go off and do do my pro wrestling homework with AEW Dynamite. Uh, my team, uh, CJ Strata quarterback, Jameer Gibbs and Eric Gray running back, Quentin Johnston, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Josh Downs at receiver, and Michael Mayer at tight end. And on defense, Drew Sanders and Trenton Simpson at linebacker, Devin Witherspoon, Deontay Banks, Julius Brents at cornerback, and Brian Branch and Antonio Johnson at safety. For Kevin, I love that team. Bryce, I, I love that team. Those those, those safeties, um, those safeties are going to be just so fun. It's like mismatch nightmares. Yeah. yeah, you're giving static again, Kevin. Um, just of course I have. Um, Let me. All right, so Bryce Young at quarterback for Kevin, Bijan Robinson, Devin A. Chain at running back, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, and Cedric Tillman at wide receiver, Dalton Kincaid at tight end. And on defense, linebackers, Marte Bapu, Diane Henley. Cornerback, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., Emmanuel Forbes. And the Illinois boys at safety, Jartavius Martin and Sidney Brown. I think I think this was fun and presented two interesting ways to build a 7-on-7 team with some really talented football players. Yeah, I mean, it's building 7-on-7 teams with NFL players is unique because I think, like, to an extent, NFL players are so versatile and so gifted at so many things that, like, it's not a clear comparison to be like, okay, well, what wins in seven on seven is going to win in an NFL seven on seven. But like to an extent speed wins, which is why I'm sort of shocked. Like Jalen Hyatt didn't get picked as just another guy who's just going to run down the field and make it hard for you to beat him. Uh, he was like, I think my wide receiver, like five or six on this list uh, in terms of like guys that pick. it was such a weird sort of comparison. So I, I think the teams are evenly matched. I, I think to an extent, like there, these are two teams who are closely matched and very talented in terms of different directions. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I think this is a, a fantastic kind of look at who the best, um, best players are here, and. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm definitely a fan. Um, and if you want, you can go on my Twitter account, Real Forno, and vote for who won. But let's get a couple of questions here. Um, if you vote for me, I'll send everyone chicken nuggets. No, I won't. That's a, that'd be a lot of money. <laughs> I'll take I'll take much. some I'll take some nuggets. I love I love chicken nuggets. Um, uh, also, you Harms, <laughs> Oh, please do. Um, Patrick Harms says. Why haven't we traded for a cornerback that can actually start? The corner room is disgusting. I, I don't know what your take is here, Kevin, but I think the cornerback room has a lot of potential. But there is no nothing solid, and I, I understand why that's worrisome, but I'm also not super concerned. I think we're going to have a, uh, at least one guy step up. Um, and uh, I will say Odie is down low. 
he is chewing on a bone and no squeaker toy in sight. So he's being a very good boy. And we're probably not going to get an actual visual OD appearance. But he's here, I promise. On the topic of cornerback, I had sort of written about this in the competitive rebuild piece I just written of like, at some point, if you are in this competitive rebuild, you have to let the young guys play. And cornerback is one room in particular where they have a lot of younger players who are relatively inexperienced. You look at Andrew Booth, you look at, you know, Makai Blackman, you look at even like a Caleb Evans, like this is a room that you just have to let guys play and see who emerges and see who doesn't. And then I think next year we'll get another established corner. If Brian Flores is still the defensive coordinator, you're absolutely getting another established corner because that's what Brian Flores wants. If he's not, depending on who the defensive coordinator is, like, I think we're going to be in a situation where next year you get a little bit more of an established cornerback, but I would rather figure out what you have now in terms of Andrew Booth, who didn't play much last year, Caleb Evans, Makai Blackman, who you just drafted, like, you put a lot of stock in some of these guys, and you want to see these st- the stock even either emerge as like good football players, or if they're not, next year you go out there, you have some cap, and you just go spend that cap on them. But I I think that it's just going to be a really weird year in terms of the defense overall, and there's no point spending the big money on a cornerback when you have these young guys who you want to figure out. Yeah, um, it's. I'm not. I, I'll be worried when they tell me I have to be worried by their play on the field. There's potential here, and we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I, I. I mean, I, I think there's like really two ways this goes. Either the cornerback room is a disaster, and we're sitting here and going, we expected more from Andrew Booth. We expected more from Makai Blackman. These guys didn't pan out. Byron Murphy's our only established cornerback. Okay, now we know what our need is. Or okay, we've got something with Booth, we've got something with Makai Blackman, we've got something with some of these guys. Let's kind of run this out. Let's kind of roll this out. We don't have to spend as much money on cornerback from that point. But mm-hmm. with the amount of young guys in that room, like let them play, let them figure it out. And then if it doesn't work out, then we'll, we'll be sitting here in March of next year going, okay, we know what we need. And we know that we need a, we, we need, we know we need a cornerback. We know we need this, that we can go figure it out. And I don't know what the cornerback free agency class looks like next year, but you can go find an established one through trade through free agency. Like there's going to be opportunities to get a more established cornerback if you need that. Yeah. I'm very intrigued to see how things play out. Um, But it looks like I I don't see any more questions. So that's, that's it for the show today. Um, Kevin, we're going to have you back on, on Monday as we you're never getting first, rid of me, guys. You're never getting rid of yeah. me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it'll be the first. It's going to be the first Vikings Wire roundtable where all four writers for the Vikings Wire are going to get together, and we are going to talk about the Vikings, the future. We're going to talk about minicamp. We're going to talk about the Kirk Cousins contract, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's a really good way to continue the conversation and create some really good content. Kevin, what else do you have uh, working up, and where can the people find you? Uh, my focus now is on the Brian Flores defense. It's a defense I have experience with, given that I am naturally a Dolphins fan by birth and had to watch him run a defense for three years and then watch his his predecessor uh, run a defense in terms of – not his predecessor, but his, uh, his, little, his little child, uh, Josh Boyer, who is awful uh, to a degree that I don't want to get into. Uh, but – Best place to find me is on Twitter at the Kevin Fielder. I'm tweeting all the time because, unfortunately, some of us didn't get to experience sports happiness at the end of the year. So I'm tweeting through it, and we're going to see what happens from there. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you everybody for joining as uh, this is, this is the dead part of the year, but we're going to still have fun. And as things wrap up and news comes across, we are going to continue to talk about it and have a lot of fun next Monday. We are going to have, as I said, the uh, Vikings wire round table, which is going to be a lot of fun and it'll be a, crossover as well with purple daily where i have my show purple daily on draft and judd zelgad obviously a purple daily and minnesota sports with mackie and judd will be joining the show as well thank you very much for listening here tonight thank you very much for enjoying a different style of show and letting us have a little bit of fun have yourselves a great day i'm gonna go touch grass this weekend while kevin takes over vikings wire for me for the weekend and skull vikings skull vikings baby like subscribe and ring the bell to get notifications it helps us grow this community that we all love our minnesota vikings and on behalf of tyler fornis and myself dave stefano thank you so dearly for watching the real forno show skull everyone It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Thanks for listening.